You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Visit bpn.fm to discover more. We spent our whole lives wishing. You're listening to Tony Telecasts from The Ensemblist, the only podcast that shows you Broadway from the inside out. I'm Aaron Albano. And I'm Mo Brady. But it's they who need to change the way they think, that is. Yes. Welcome, listeners, to our mini-series about the Tonys, bringing you all the drama behind the drama of a theater season in Broadway history. In each podcast episode, we watch a telecast of a previous Tony Awards. Not only the performances, but the opening and the speeches to see how it reflects the season as a whole. So let's dive back in and talk about the 2009 Tony Awards. Our first performance by a nominated musical is Shrek. What's up, Duloc? What's up, Duloc? Aaron, what's up, Duloc? Take it away. <laughs> okay, so it starts with a lead-in scene featuring Brian Darcy James, Sutton Foster, and Daniel Breaker, all in costume, and they, like, set the stage for the number. And it's a pretty long scene. It's jokes, right? They're doing, they're do- they're doing, doing, doing like, air jokes here. about Farquaad. That's his name. Because the whole scene is about telling Fiona about who Farquaad is. Because she's like, tell me all about him. And she and they just tell short jokes the whole time. <laughs> Which I was like, did we need this? I can't decide. Or should we have just led straight into the number? It's the weirdness that we've already seen these three actors in costume for their component of the opening number when they did Freak Flag. Yeah. So they're already there. They already got a check. So might as well use them. Yeah. I mean, the only reason I could think of maybe using them was that you see someone that looks like Shrek from the animated film or Fiona and you're like, oh, this is that thing I like because these people look like the people I know. Oh, fair, 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 fair. Because they're the most love Farquaad and love Christopher Sieber, but he's not the most recognizable character in this property. And yet is nominated. Well, yeah, but so is Brian Darcy James, so... And so is Sutton Foster. And so is Sutton Foster. So we're good to go. Did you see Shrek? I've never seen Shrek. I've never seen Shrek. I didn't see Shrek live. I was a dick actor at that point and was like, why is Hollywood invading Broadway? (laughs) And then... Hey, wait, remind me what show you made your Broadway debut in. Not a Hollywood show, a Bollywood show. Thank you. (laughs) Yeah, right. Okay, so Mr. (laughs) Mr. Bombay Dreams is putting the smack down. On Shrek the Musical. Sure. That's a high horse you're on. I mean, hey, that high horse was born and bred at CCM, so let's not. (laughs) But, so I was too too stuck up to watch Shrek. And then years later, I discovered that it was on Netflix, which it's still on Netflix, so you should watch it on Netflix. And I, just on a whim, I turned it on and was like, wait, this was Shrek? It's fantastic. The show is really great. Wait, what? It's really great? I've never seen it. It's I've already said that. Yes. It's good. That's, it's wonderful. Go watch it on Netflix. It's on Netflix. They did a live cap of the show, and it is on Netflix, and you should watch it. And all of the listeners should watch it, too, if you've never heard it or seen it. It's wonderful. Is this Tony Award performance a good representation of the show? Is it a good commercial for Shrek the Musical? I think it is because the movie itself, like the movie movie is like pure comedies and send ups. This is definitely 
it shows you that we're in the world of the movie, both in sort of environment and timbre. Hmm. I thought it was fine. I thought this was <laughs> perfectly fine. It did not make me want to buy a ticket. As everything is. It's better in context. But I think it's a it's generally a good performance for them to especially, and I guess we'll get here too, because they did freak flag in the opening. I think this is a good sort of also performance. Yeah, for, for some reason I didn't count Freak Flag in the opening as like a commercial for Shrek. Sure. I don't know I why. I mean, I didn't either. But I think in terms of pre-production, if mm. you think, oh, what two performances can we do? These were the only two numbers you could do? Uh, you could do the opening of Act 2. Aaron Albano, Shrek historian. <laughs> but also to, also to support Chris Sieber. Yeah. I think Chris Sieber was a favorite to win, so they were campaigning hard for him. Got it. You should watch it on Netflix. Fine, stop yelling at Brady me. would love it. That's why I'm going to get you to watch it. West Side Story, Dance at the Gym. This is a good cut of West Side Story. This is a great cut of West Side. This is, this is this a is... great cut of West Side Story. Mm -hmm. I never get tired of listening to this music or watching this choreography. Like, this is good music. This is good storytelling. This and is this good is, dancing. They are clean. This is some good dancing. Yeah, they are all... Like some of my favorite dancers in the business are in this revival. Names, names. We want names, Aaron Albano. <laughs> I mean, okay, just to name a few. We got Curtis Holbrook in there. We got Mikey Winslow in there. We got Ryan Steele, who's my favorite dancer of all time ever on Broadway in anything he does. We have Peter Cherson, who's equally as flawless as Steele. We have Manny Herrera, again, also equally. See, just flawless flawless dancers it's like obnoxious how flawless these people are it's good dancing and so get them all in one revival of this iconic choreography like forget about it it was thrilling it was great it was the perfect way to feature the show i don't know if they feature their nominees very well but at this point i was like but you're featuring the show, and the show is what we're going to go see oh it's a fantastic commercial like here in 2020 watching it it made me like Oh, gosh, I really want to see the movie. I really mm. want to watch like... Oh, the new movie? Yeah, I really want to see the Spielberg movie and watch like current best of the best dancers sure. dance yes. to the score. Uh -huh. So uh, the 2009 performance was a really good <laughs> ad for the 2021 movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was fun. It was wonderful. No notes. No notes. <laughs> no notes for this clean, iconic performance. Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. 
This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. An unlikely friendship begins in the Paramount Plus original movie, Little Wing, starring Brooklyn Prince with Kelly Riley and Brian Cox. Reeling from her parents' divorce, Caitlin steals a valuable bird to save her home, but instead forms a bond with the owner, leading to a new outlook on life. Little Wing, now streaming exclusively on Paramount Plus. Head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Rated PG 13. And then we get to Rock of Ages. Not a clean, not a clean performance? I don't what think do you think? Like, it's, I mean, on one hand, it's not supposed to be clean. It's Rock of Ages. No. <laughs> Go. I like Rock of Ages. Is it my favorite show? No. Has it ever been in my top 10? No. Have I seen it five times and enjoyed myself every single time? Yes. <laughs> I yes. think that Rock of Ages is a fucking fun show and this is a great is very fun. cast it's a great cast it's a great number right like we have a great ensemble here we're featuring original company of west side story includes jeremy jordan as a swing yes heba jeremy woodard savannah wise smash alum erica hunter i fell in love with erica hunter head over heels she did that thing with the firecracker popsicle and she was like milking the audience for <laughs> It was brilliant. It was really sure. brilliant. It's great. I will get on a Rock of Ages and an Erica Hunter train whenever you want me to. Work. This song is a bop. The choreography is just right for the story. The vocals are good. Yes. I for like sure. this. This is wonderful. This is fantastic. I'm not sure why this was ever on Broadway. And I watched it and I loved it. It's nothing but a good time. How can I resist? Fair, 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 fair. It doesn't, it doesn't claim to be anything else. So here we are. There is, there is room for all here on Broadway. I think that when we're talking about jukebox musicals and we have a Jersey Boys and we have a beautiful and we have all, you know, we have an all shook up. We have all of these different, we have a share show. Sure. Th- this is my favorite of them. Okay. I will say what Rock of Ages does right when you end a show with Don't Stop Believing, forget about it. Don't Stop Believing is like rock gold. Mm-hmm. Like you do that and you do that well, like no one can touch you. And Constantine Maroulis can blow in this show. Like. Yeah, he's, he's really good at the singing. Those pipes are unstoppable, especially when you're singing this kind of music. Mm-hmm. So, yes, it was fine. I liked it. Sure. <laughs> Did you like Guys and Dolls? Sit down, you're rocking the boat. Okay, let's talk about this mic problem. The most iconic of all mic problems, mic problems in 2009. problem. Can I walk you through it? Sure, yeah, do it. Okay, so the numbers announced, Titus Burgess as Nicely Nicely Johnson starts singing, and his mic is popping. Like, you can hear this. Yes, you can literally hear it. We hear an offstage voice saying, am I going in with it? I'm going, I'm going. (laughs) A man comes on the stage Titus gets handed a handheld mic from a man in a tuxedo, mm-hmm. and the audience applauds. This is very early in the number. That probably all takes place in the it first started the number. twelve seconds. Yeah, yeah, it's it's very fast. Everyone's clearly watching him struggle to get these lines out and not being heard, and that's that's what the applause is for. It's like finally we can hear him, and then God bless Titus Burgess because. A, he handles it like a champ. He handles it like a champ. Like, you think this was supposed to happen. I don't know if I go that far, but... 
<laughs> he definitely no, no. But there is never a. I mean, he's doing a lot of movement, right? He's yes. climbing across chairs and he's running around the stage, and yet he does it all with this handheld mic that he was never supposed to be holding. Correct. That is very true. And makes it look like effortless. He had planned to be holding a handheld mic the entire time. Boy has some mic technique, which is great. And and he's single handedly carrying this number. I enjoy the Sergio Trujillo choreography. This is probably pretty early in Sergio's choreographic career, 2009. Yeah. I mean, he also choreographed next to normal this season, but this is... He choreographed next to normal? Sure did. All those dance numbers in next to normal? Psychopharmacologist and I add up in something and something. All that stuff. That's all him. Um, Yeah, this is like... In that time I, where Sergio was doing everything and getting nominated for nothing. Yeah, um, that's true. I liked it. This is I, a good version of Sit Down, You Rock on the Boat. I would agree. I'd agree with that. Titus carries the whole thing, though. Titus, thank you for being you. Can't do this number without Titus. Could you leave me? Hey, it's me. Would you let me go under? Why can't you see? Will you watch as I drown? Okay. Next to normal, you don't know I am the one. Did you see, you saw this on Broadway, right? I saw a reading of this starring Amy Spanger and Anthony Rapp in like 2005. Wow. Mary Faber was Natalie at the time. This is back when it was Feeling Electric. Yeah. So I would listen to the board mix from the reading of Feeling Electric, like circa 2005. Mm-hmm. I saw this multiple times on Broadway with multiple casts. I did the show in a mini tour in 2012. Like, oh, I word. like this show. I like the show. It is a good show. I like the show. <laughs> I saw it once off Broadway. I saw it at the second stage, complete with Costco number. And I, and, and I regret not seeing it on Broadway because I remember at the time I was like, I think I got it. And then it moved to Broadway and I was like, I saw it off Broadway. I'm fine. Again, an asshole. I, yeah, I, I, so that was my only experience with Next to Normal. I will say that in my mind, part of the reason I pitched 2009 was because I had put a rivalry in my head of Next to Normal and... Billy. Billy Elliot. Sure. Along the lines of Matilda and the Kinky Boots rivalry. Uh I don't know if it was really a rivalry watching this or if I just really liked Next to Normal and Billy (laughs) Elliot. That might have been a little bit of bias. Yeah. Okay, cool, 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 cool. If we were to choose a rivalry... It would definitely be between those two because I don't think... No. I don't think Shrek was in there. I don't think Rock of Ages was in there. But for this miniseries we specifically didn't choose seasons where there was a blowout in terms of nominations or wins we didn't sure. choose 2016 yeah because we just talked about <laughs> hamilton for two and a half hours because lol fine. yeah uh-huh you saw it once you felt like you got it i saw it three billion times and i have a lot of feelings did you like this performance is this a good performance did this sell you on next to normal i love this performance this is the song that i remember from my watch at it and that's the it's the song that I remember watching, what was it? What, like, when would this have been at second stage? Like in 2007, 2008? Sounds right. Where this is the song both in this part of the show and in the reprise where I just start crying because it's that song. I don't know if it's the emotional climax of the show, but it is an emotional climax of the show. And it gets me every time. Something about the way the 
chords and orchestration and all of the feels in the song of all three characters and the intensity, the way they all line up. Like, I th- like I don't think anybody can watch this number and not be moved by this song. I question if you don't know what this show is about, is there that much of an impact? Because I wonder, like, I think it's a great commercial for me, but I've already spent my money and seen the show. Mm-hmm. I actually think, I don't think it's the obvious choice, but I do think it's a good choice. Because what would the obvious choice be? The opening or the closing, right? Sure. Sort of something that says like, here's everybody. Mm-hmm. And we're not going to tell, you know, the opening doesn't have a great end to it, right? It's it's um Diana on the floor with all the bread. Like, how would you end that? Yeah. And the closing doesn't have a, like a ton of meat to it. I feel no. like showing us sort of the the moment where things take off in terms of storytelling is perhaps the smartest move. And for as much as Alice has trouble keeping up with the band or hearing the band, I'm not sure what the problem is, but there are some points in the song where she is not with the band. Yeah. Where the band is not with her, I should say. (laughs) I felt like her performance... I understood who this woman was and I could see seeing at home being like, oh, that's interesting. Oh, for sure. I want to know more about that. Well, I think and that's where the challenge with Diana is either you seem too unaffected by the circumstances and it doesn't feel like it has the emotional weight that would make it interesting to see. Or you'd be watching someone overact and be a crazy person and you'd be like, oh, that doesn't feel realistic. Alice is writing this wonderfully fine line in her performance on the telecast, in my opinion. Yeah, well, I think that like we get to see why she won. When she wins, we're like, oh, based on that performance, I get it. I know. And I honestly don't think it matters that we don't know exactly what's happening in the scene because the way they're performing it is compelling enough that it makes us want to go watch it. Do you want to know another number where I don't know what's happening? Go ahead. Billy Elliot. <laughs> I never saw Billy Elliot. I've never seen Billy Elliot. I've seen the movie. I haven't, I haven't seen So on Broadway HD, you should go watch <laughs> Billy Elliot. Just get all of these streaming services that you should have already and go watch Billy well, Elliot. We, I am too busy recording podcasts and watching the Tony Awards with you. <laughs> I I didn't like this. Tell me why I should like this. Tell I, I me think, why. I think you're cool. I think you're cool why why you don't like this. It's a good moment in the show. It's a confusing moment in the show. Billy's a, Billy's a weird... It's a great watch, but it's a weird watch because I would say that even with the movie... Have you seen, you've seen the movie? Yeah, I've seen the non-musical version of yes. Billy Elliot. So the, mo- the movie of Billy, because there's the storyline of Billy trying to dance, and then there's the story of the union workers trying to unionize. And for the longest time, especially when I saw this for the first time, I was like, I don't understand why I identify with half of this show. I think Elton John's intro, had he nailed it, would have explained a lot more. When I heard, I was like, oh, that's a good, clear distinction of what the through line of Billy Elliot and connection to his father's story is, which I think is powerful if you know the show. If you don't know this show and you don't know the movie, this is a weird performance because you you have no idea what's going on. Yep. No idea. <laughs> <laughs> the one thing that the one thing that I think probably came into play here in the same vein as my theory on the Shrek performance. It, again, it's all speculation. I have no fact on any of this. But because Billy started the show with Elton John singing Electricity and the three boys dancing Electricity, I was like, oh, they thought they had that covered. And so they chose to do something a little less commercial with their actual Tony performance. Yeah. Did it work? I don't know. Okay, so this is like 
I think about this as like choreography from Peter Darling, who also gave us the movement in Matilda, which yeah. we know that you like, mm -hmm. Groundhog Day. The first half for me is a lot of a tween boy stomping his feet and saying, Ack! Yeah. Does it work for you, Aaron? Because I found it really repetitive and not very Again, engaging. because I know the show, it's as a Tony performance, no. Because you don't get it. We don't get it. I don't think this is... A, as a Tony performance, I don't think this is a successful performance. As a number in the show, when you see the show, because you should see it on Broadway HD, you understand what's happening. And arguably, like, this is what TAP is supposed to do. All contextually, it makes sense. Out of context? Nah. This was like, look at us be like evolved theater. Because you already saw our press event at the beginning of the show. And all the people, all the kids who'd want to see the show have gone to bed already. Hmm. And they saw the opening, so we're fine. Give me a head with hair, long, beautiful hair, shining, gleaming, steaming, flax and waxen. Give me it down to there, hair, shoulder length or longer. Here, baby, there. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. It is Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. You know what is a good Tony Award performance? It's hair. It's hair. Doing hair. <laughs> First off, let's talk about this ensemble. It is Jackie Burns, Andrew Cobert, Tomar Wilson. Your male swing room is <laughs> Josh Lehman, J. Armstrong Johnson, and Michael James Scott. Imagine the dress. I room. mean, the music echoing out of it is a party alone. Like, okay, this is a good, good cast. It's a fantastic. It's cast. like not a lot of choreography, but just the right of amount of staging to me. Like the whole opening tableau where they're all just like shaking their hair. Uh -huh. You're like, yeah, that's what hair should look like. <laughs> Absolutely, right? Yeah. And they all spread out and they've got their own sort of moments and you get sort of that camera pan that we remember from 1998 from Ragtime where yeah. you see everybody sort of in their windows. Mm -hmm. um, I'm just like, this is great. Deserved audience interaction. Oh my God. Yeah, this is just touching and breathing on faces pre-COVID. I was like... <laughs> <laughs> my first thought was like, oh my God, a COVID nightmare. No one could do this show right now. Berkshire Theater Group is not doing, which is a bummer because there really was a point about three months into this where we all were getting haircuts mm. or not getting haircuts that would have made that us would have made it a great production of hair. For sure. You could have saved a lot on your wig budget. And yet. <laughs> and nope. COVID precautions. Here we go. To me, there's not a lot to this number other than like you write a really great song and you put really magnanimous performers to lead it like will swenson and gavin creel and you're like okay and i will say i love and tell me if because i don't know hair that well but i feel like hair is that beautiful number where it's on like the second tier of popularity like you got all like the really big like age of aquarius let the sunshine in all of those like everybody knows these songs songs 
mm-hmm. and then yeah. hair, like the title song is not on that echelon, but it's a, like a level below. And so you feel like you're watching something new, but something you know at the same time. And also it did a good job at, like, correct me if I'm wrong, I think the two nominated performances were Gavin Creel and Will Swenson. Yeah. So then you get, so it showcased the nominees. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It showcased the nominees. It showcased the show. Yeah. It made you want to see it. Don't spoil our Yelp review, Aaron <laughs> But it was, yeah, it was great. It was, it was, no notes, no notes here. Let's give a Yelp review. I feel like Yelp's going to yell at us for calling it a Yelp review. Yelp does not care. <laughs> Yelp is not listening, for sure. <laughs> Which performance made the show look better than it was, Mo? I have to say Guys and Dolls. Yeah. Because I, it was a good sit down, you rock in the boat. Mm-hmm. And I did not see that revival, but I heard it was not received well and closed quickly. So yeah. I'm just going to guess because I liked that number and buzz of the show was bad. Guys and Dolls. Yeah. I would, you? I would say the same, but for a different performance. I would say the Guys and Dolls, actually, frankly, both the Guys and Dolls and the West Side Story, Tonight Medley in the opening. Because I thought I actually thought you saw more of Sergio's choreography in that performance than you did in the actual number. Oh, sure. And so getting to see these two sort of iconic shows together hit me in all the right ways. And I was like, okay, I could believe in these shows. Which performance made you want to buy a ticket? West Side, hands down. I love a clean number. I love a clean number and I love an iconic number and these both, it ticked both of those boxes. I almost wrote West Side Story. I wrote Next to Normal. Nice. I think that this voice is the score of the story, but but but, but West Side Story. I could, I could buy a Next to Normal too, except that I didn't buy a ticket because <laughs> I saw it at I saw it at second stage. I could buy, I could buy Next to Normal, but only if it was an off-Broadway. <laughs> <laughs> um, what speech moved you the most? I liked Brian and Tom's for best score okay. for Next to Normal. Yes, that was a good one. I thought they were very um, endearing. And I liked when Brian, Brian had a couple of quotes I liked. He said, for all of you in this room and out there in America who are crazy enough to attempt an original musical, we salute you. And that feels very true. Yeah. That sort of feels like Next to Normal is sort of the most original musical you can get, right? It's not based on yeah. a book or a, a movie or a song yeah, book, it's right? totally original. It won the Pulitzer, right? Yeah. And he says later, if you're working on something you believe in, keep going no matter how long it takes. Mm. Maybe it's like just like COVID quarantine, but like that idea that like putting time into creating something, even if you're not seeing results, Mm -hmm. that actually feels like something that we can do in this moment. And that, I don't know, that just hit me in a way that was effective. So um, what did you think? What, What speech stood out to you the most, Aaron? It was the three billies, which like we keep referring to the three billies as the three billies. So I'm going to say their names right now. David Alvarez, Kirill Coolish, and Trent Kowalik. Not even just we, like you and me, but like we, like the Broadway community, like groups them all together too many times and don't say their names out loud. I loved their Tony speech. <laughs> yes, they took too long, but I thought it was so... Tr- I, of the people who were like on board with them, I was one of them because... They were so polite and just like so shocked and so taken aback that they were just like, no, you go. No, you go. No, you go. Which I was like, oh, these guys. And then they thanked their dresser, which I was like, bravo, thanking your dresser. But what really hit me was that then in their Tony's stupor, 
They then thanked their Dolly Dingle Dance Studios. Mm. For those of you wondering, Dolly, I refer to the Dolly Dingle Dance Studios as like your hometown dance studio. My Dolly Dingle Studio is Maurice Stinnett Dance Studio in Campbell, California. But they literally on national TV started thanking their Dolly Dingle Dance Studios, which Trent's is Dorothy's School of Dance on Long Island, which I was like, does it get more Dolly Dingle than that? <laughs> Kirill's was San Diego Academy of Ballet, which fine. Okay, it's an academy. It's not really a Dolly Dinkle Academy. David then goes 90 Second Y and ABT, which I was like, I mean, that's not really Dolly Dinkle, but okay. It's like if Dolly Dinkle and like Agnes DeMille had competing dance studios, <laughs> that would be like the Agnes DeMille dance studio. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, but that, there's got to be more love to all of your Dolly Dinkles. And that's why I love theirs. Biggest surprise win, Aaron. I didn't really have any. Yeah, I didn't really have any other. So would you recommend watching the 2009 Tony Awards? No. <laughs> there were there were good moments, but when the broadcast can't get it together after the first like 10 minutes, I'm like, I gotta go. I gotta get out of here. Yeah, hard pass. Yeah. I'm just like, because you'll just be pissed while you're watching the whole time. Well, I think at this point... People should either watch Shrek the Musical or... Billy Elliot on Broadway HD. <laughs> yep. Mm-hmm. Yes. Just go watch those instead. All right. So in our last episode, part one of 2009, we randomly selected 1982. 1982. All right. So we'll be watching that next Tuesday for the episode. We'll be watching that and talking about it next Tuesday. Oh, right. That too. <laughs> the Ensemblist was produced today by me, Mo Brady. And by me, Aaron Albano. Special thanks to Wasif Sami for providing the background research for this Broadway season. There are two great ways you can be helping The Ensemblist right now. One is by leaving us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts, and the second is by becoming a Patreon member at patreon.com slash The Ensemblist. Please follow The Ensemblist wherever you listen to podcasts, on Spotify, on Apple Podcasts, or at bpn.fm, the home of Broadway Podcast Network. You can also follow us on Instagram. Thanks for listening, everybody. Until next time! Hi, y'all. This is Kristen Chenoweth. Hi, I'm Gloria Stefan. This is Sarah Bareilles. Hi, I'm Patty Lapone. This is Lynn Manuel Miranda. You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, full work, limited by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.